Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody, to the 90s Mixtapes. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And we are here for the last week of the month, Jen. We made it another month. Yeah, we did it. Ooh, how are you feeling today? You ready? You energized? This is an evening recording, so I know those are usually a little bit more sus for you. You might run out of some energy on me. Um, do you want honesty, or do you want me to say I'm ready? Well, you can be like, uh... Like, when you, you say, know, hey, how are you, do you want the truth, or do you just want, I'm great, how are you? You can be a radio personality, like, you know, like the radio, uh, you know, DJ that comes in and just kind of like, yeah, or you can be a real person, because we're recording a podcast, so. You know, I've kind of had a headache all day, I feel like a little shitty, it's been overcast, so, I mean, I'm putting all the energy I have into this. Folks, it is, we're recording this about 7.30. I would imagine that Jen will be asleep. It's exactly 7.30. About five minutes after we stop recording. She's going to be like, Poof, Yeah, maybe. Off. I had bad night's sleep. But that's okay. I'm excited to be in this closet because it does have the vibes. Are you excited to talk about what I think most people will agree, even now, is like kind of the worst month for movies? January? It's kind of when you kind of put out movies where you're like, you know, so... We're coming up on a Academy Awards season, which is going to be out in, I believe they do that in March. February, March? Somewhere around there, they do the Academy Awards. So all those movies are already out there in theaters. You can go consume them, right? They came out last year in December. You know, the Schindler's List of the World and all these other movies. So these movies that we have that they're putting out, probably not Oscar candidates, probably not uh, movies that people are going to necessarily care about at the end of the year to go you know really remember intersection and uh it's just a movie <laughs> that uh you know i think should be up for awards having said that that is you know spoiler one of the two movies that we picked cabin boy intersection again when it's hot in the summertime and you want to go watch a funny movie and get in the air conditioning because way back when we all didn't have air conditioning so we would go to the movies right see double feature or you had that friend that had an air conditioner in one room in their house in the den and would hang sheets around the entrances to the den. So it was like a little air conditioned cave and you I would just that. go to their house and watch movies. I love those old air conditionings because they really... Like the wood paneling. They that, just pumped and, out that age. Like it would just be like... <sighs> and she had like a legit big screen 90s TV. The one that probably weighed 752 pounds. When I was a kid, my favorite thing to do... Like, seriously, the, the, this is like one of my number one childhood memories. And I know it's going to sound absolutely wild when I say it, but so we had one air conditioning in our house and it was in my parents' room. So when it was so hot and so unbearable, we'd all go like sleep around their bed, like with like blankets and it would be like really cold to like sleep at night. Like, would you sleep all sleep on the bed or around the bed? No, my parents would be on the bed and we would, like, like sleep on the floor. Like, I just, it was, like, like I'd read, like, my comic books. It'd be, like, asleep on the floor in this, like, but, like, so chilly and, like, cold with, like, a blanket over me. And I just remember that. But it would only so be a couple nights like, a year. Like, 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 a, like a sleepover. You were, like, little pets. Like, little dogs and cats yeah, that were, but, were hot. So you but, I mean, we didn't have to. Like, there was, like, a fan in our room. Like, you could stay in your room. But the thing is, see, like, I... That's kind of... That's actually really cute. I had a top bunk. So, let me tell you. With no ac on the second floor of a room of a place with a top bunk it was hot in the summer we didn't have any ac when i was growing up as a kid yeah and it was put the fan on you open the windows wear shorts a tank top and just have a top sheet it was like 
Yeah, no, I, you know me. You I, could need, hear, I always you could hear need the crickets. Yeah. And I always need to have a blanket, but you can't have a blanket when it's 92 degrees. But yeah, you can now if your house is always between 68 and 70. Yeah, you know? that's, a, that's the great thing about that's... living this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> that we always take for granted. We get to always be. And then the two days a year that you might lose power and you're not comfortable in your house, it is like. I feel like we live in Victorian times. I don't know how I ever did it. As long as I have access to air conditioning, I could handle humidity. The minute I don't, I become like a lunatic. So like when we do lose power and it's just humid, even like today when it was just uh-huh. It was so disgusting. It is like, oh. January. Three days ago, it was like fucking 19 degrees. And today... 72. I opened my window because I was painting. And I use oil. I For those of you who don't know, which I'm sure none of you... I use oil paints and I use this like... I use mediums and stuff. So a lot of them are toxic. So I try to open the window when I can... And put the fan on. And I was, like, getting so clammy and grossed out that I'm like, I'd rather just breathe in the fumes. <laughs> it got up to 75 January. today here. And it's going to go up to 75 tomorrow. <sighs> and then eventually we'll get back down into the upper 30s. And everybody freezing their asses off up north is like, fuck you complaining. But guys, nobody needs a humid day in January. That's probably why I have this headache. Got to like 54 shit. for them, though, too, to be fair. Having said all that, because yeah. now, now when you're talking about weather, you know that you're keeping it classy. I'll, 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 I'll cut that. I'll cut it. No, 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 no. It, it's fun because it, it's organic about how we're talking about the movies, right? Mm-hmm. These movies, is cold outside. So to get me out of the house, you got to bring me something good. Otherwise, you're just dropping something to drop it, right? So most people might be going to see some of those Academy Award performances. We uh, looked at the movies that were there. We don't play the game of going back and looking at other ones. And here's our release schedule that we had. We had the movie The Air Up There, which I talked to you about, which starred Kevin Bacon, basketball scout, going to go find uh, the next great basketball star, right, uh, uh-huh. in Africa, which was a movie. There's another movie, Blue uh, nah, Blue Chips comes out next month. I was going to be like, that's actually, I like that movie. That's a pretty nice movie. There was Cabin Boy, which we watched, which we'll get into. House Party 3. Which I think when we were watching Cab- Cabin Boy, you mentioned four times that House Party 3 was available to select. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which would have been more 90s, which I thought somehow, I'll tell you what I thought Cabin Boy was. I thought Cabin Boy, well, I'll save it. I'll save it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, didn't I even, think that neither of us thought it, it was what it was. Anyway. There's a Disney movie called Iron Will about a dog. Oh, but it's like a Disney movie with with uh, Kevin Spacey about a dog in like the 1900s. I don't oh, trust. Kevin I don't trust Spacey. Disney. Bef- I don't trust Disney at all. Not to give me an animal and potentially kill it. So I don't like. I, I I'm not gonna re like. I'm not. I I don't want to watch a dog die. Like if the dog dies, I don't know. Or get start. I don't know. I don't. This is the 90s. This should happen. Well, Ly- if the Lion dog King was a mother, because they kill all the mobs, you know. Then it's true. At least back then they sure did. But Intersection, which we watched, a movie called Blink, which we did not watch, a movie called Body Snatchers, which I've seen multiple versions of it, but I know. Is you, that you the know. one where like the aliens take your body? Yeah, they like put you in like pods and stuff. That. And, uh, uh, yeah. So like you are not you. But then the people that are yeah, themselves so, but then can't you figure like, out who's who, and then they get all of them, and then they turn them into aliens. That movie traumatized me as a child. Mm-hmm. I literally was convinced that everybody around... And I don't know if it was that one, because there were earlier versions, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely watched it when I was way too young to watch it, and I was convinced... Like I, I thought my parents could possibly be aliens. I, to this day, 
don't feel comfortable sitting with my feet on the floor if I'm on like a couch because I feel like an alien's going to grab my ankle from under the couch. Like that movie traumatized me anyway. I mean, that's why it wasn't even on the table. If you suggested it, I was going to be like, no. Well, the thing about all those movies is like, I, I, I have to pick my spots. There's a certain, there's certain nineties movies that I would be like, Hey Jen, I'm going to do like fire in the sky that we did last year. Right. I, it was two years ago. No, I just was looking at you cause that also was traumatic. But I was like, I remember this movie. I want to see this movie again. I feel like I could, I could enjoy it and mm-hmm. hey we'll watch it with the sun on yeah with the, with the lights on and, and everything yeah, the sun and definitely the sun had to be on for that one for sun me the sun was... had to be on no sun but that that one scene with him being like the abduction yeah. scene, like when they had that's him, what i remember of the movie that is this it was honestly it holds up it is still terrifying yeah all practical effects you're like that's you know that that movie terrifying that movie specifically was one of the movies that got me into really loving horror movies because like of the effects that they did where like you knew that was like people and aliens and everything and it's just like cool how they do that because you know it's a movie right so i'm just fascinated by all of that and how people do that last couple movies that they had on the release schedule were car 54 where are you and the scent of green papaya which was an international film Mm. which i'm not really trying to read any movies per se i'm gonna say you probably we had options that weren't cabin boy and we went with cabin boy well we went i'm just saying So I thought Cabin Boy was a movie where Chris Elliott is like a rich kid, right? So I had that part right. Mm -hmm. Accidentally gets on a boat, which I had that part right. But I thought it was like a cruise. And so... And that he's like forced to work on the cruise ship. On a cruise ship. Which would make more sense than him being with fucking pirates in the 90s. Run me down what you saw in this movie because there was a lot going on. I didn't... I couldn't... I couldn't pay attention to it in the way I should have. So I will tell you what I saw, and that was pirates on a pirate ship in the 1990s and, like, the world's biggest rich kid idiot being on a ship with them. And, like, once you start to buy that this is that you're in this world, like, some like yeti monster shows up i don't even there's an octopus sex seductress lady there's i don't know what i watched so i just texted you with (laughs) i just texted you with going overboard starring adam sandler a 1989 movie about a struggling comedian who ends up like taking menial jobs on a cruise ship to be a cruise comedian so i think that i got like somehow these two things like Miss oh. Okay. I've never even heard of this movie. I don't, I don't think. think. It's got one star out of ten on IMDb. It is somehow worse than Cabin Boy. No shade I on don't anybody involved. No shade on it. Well, I mean, you can watch it if you want to go back to the 80s and check stuff out. No shade. So, Cabin Boy, what I found most interesting about this movie is that it was produced by Tim Burton. It was going to be a Tim Burton movie. So, I feel like there was a whole nother movie that was here right. that could have been like... Why don't you tell us what happened since I, I can't. Well, Chris Elliott's character... In what I can only call a fictionalized version of the 1990s. He's leaving his boarding school and sailing back to his... Sailing back to Hawaii, right? So he's going back to Hawaii. I'm assuming his boarding school is in England. Nathaniel May... Well, you would assume that because they're wearing, like, the parliament wigs. Yes. And Alfred Molina is the teacher... And I think he had an accent. And I just assume it's in England, too, because, like, why would we be sailing? And it seemed like they were, like, kind of 
Englishy fishermen, maybe? Like, that was the vibe I got. They were fishermen, not but pirates. They didn't have English accents, mind it's you, true, but, but it did that, have the vibe. It had the vibe. Like, whatever coastal town. Maybe it could have been in Washington. Could have been in Seattle, okay? And point is that he was sailing to <laughs> Hawaii. They end up in some sort of faraway Bermuda Triangle-ish place, which, again, since we don't know which direction they're sailing or why they're sailing... They end up there. Oh, is that why all the weird shit happens? Yeah, because they were in like a weird Bermuda triangle. Yeah, they were in some sort of, uh, you know, bad space. Okay. Andy Richter had already been ejected off the boat early on. Like, (laughs) we're not even talking about how we killed the first mate, you know, the, the... The original cabin boy. So that's why he had to fill in as a cabin boy. But why are they on like an old... a, A pirate ship of the days of yore? Like, I don't under... Like, it just... It was so nonsensical. Anyway, continue. You know, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say with all, uh, you know, with all honesty, maybe in the 90s they were still using pirate ships. It had, like, Captain Hook vibes, but not, like, Hook was a great movie, right? It not, it just... They were using the pirate ship, clearly, because that was the one sound set, that was the one stage that they could get for fairly cheap, because it just, it seems like a, you know, fairly cheap movie. It's silly. David Letterman's in it. Chris Elliott, uh, from what I had read, worked as like a correspondent or, you know, worked on the Letterman show and, and he came out and we yeah, talked a Yeah, that was a surprise. I didn't show. expect yeah. to see David Letterman. Well, yeah, that's the cool. 90s. Basically, he uh, has misadventures before getting back to his father in Hawaii uh, after his time with a man shark, which is correct, a man shark, um, <laughs> and murdering a giant. So he murders a giant giant that's like a huge giant that's with the octopus lady who's like a regular sized person. The, the giant that's going to use nail clippers to clip his head off. Jen walked out of the room and what she missed was the <laughs> conversation or the start of the conversation between the octopus, the blue lady, the blue octopus lady. The sex octopus? And the giant man. Well, I mean, obviously they can't have sex because he's such a giant, right? Like, it's just clearly that none of that would even remotely work. So that's why I'm assuming she's always uh, helping all the sailors. But the giant man comes home from work and, like, he looks like he's a used car salesman. I feel like he looked like he should be on The Sopranos. He literally is like, man, such a tough day, like, you know, working at the job. She had convinced him to start, like, a store in the side of a mountain on this island to sell wares. I think, like, a general store. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, running a general store. Mm-hmm. But since he has giant things, it's clearly also for on, a like, giant. On, like, a deserted island. On a deserted island. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's his job. So he leaves all day to go sit at this storefront so that she could just grab sailors that come in and smush. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean... I wanted to be in the writing room. I also, like, they had to have been on drugs, right? Like, I mean, the people who wrote this. Yeah, but I but I, I feel know. like there's a different movie in here somewhere along the way that is... I do, too. Well, I'm not going to jump yeah. the gun because it's not the one that I picked this month, and we'll talk about that later. But, like, I feel like there's just something else here. And again, knowing Tim Burton might have been attached, knowing, like, movie... So I'm thinking, like, and I think it probably came out beforehand, but I'm thinking, like, a Beetlejuice... And then I'm also thinking like an Ed Wood. I think or, Beetlejuice was like 90, maybe. So I'm yeah. thinking a Beetlejuice, Ed Wood kind of idea, idea to be like, we're, I'm just making like a very absurdist comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem that I had most, I think, was just like connecting with the... So when you get into any of these worlds, like I dislike, you know, immensely. And this is kind of why it's good that we're talking about Kevin Boy, Elf. 
don't like the movie Elf. I love like almost every Will Ferrell movie. I don't like Elf. You know that I don't like Elf. It's not. But the thing about it is I think with any of these super absurdist comedies, and I'm using Elf as the prime example, right? Because he's starting where he's a giant in a land of little elves, and then there's Santa Claus, and then he leaves. And when he leaves immediately in the first parts of the movie, you're seeing these like fake, almost claymation like creatures. So you're just like in, like, so you could forget about that sometimes when you're in a different part of the movie, that that's where all this started. And again, it's a Christmas movie, so you can whatever, but it's I was going to say it like. I feel like Christmas movies get like a Christmas magic pass where you can have like a a talking narwhal, right? Because but it's a he, claymation he grew talking up... narwhal is what I'm saying. It's yes. such a level. But that's such a throwback to like the Rudolph and and those claymation. Right. Like it in its world, it makes sense. Now, if he brought those things into New York City with him, and they interacted with the New York City people, I feel like there would be a disconnect. And I know Santa goes there, but he's like a person Santa. He's not like, you know what I mean? I. You're stumping on Elf, but I. And I have I, a question for you about Elf. Is that what bothers you about it? Is it the Christmas, the the fish out of water? I'm, I'm, I'm going to oh, tell you. Oh, okay. Um, so the thing that bothers me about any absurdist comedy or any absurdist movie is that I have to be invested in your character and what they're doing in order to just let the rest of what's going on not matter to me. So I was completely uninvested in Chris Elliott's character. So I couldn't even get into the world. And I'm completely uninvested with Buddy the Elf. So that's why I, every time I watch it, I find it funny. Almost like an SNL skit. I see different things and I'm like, oh yeah, that is funny. What if there was a man, the man being Will Farrell, who is with elves and just terrible at his job making etch-a-sketches and everything else. Like you see a sketch of all the other people playing around him and making fun of him. And you move on to the next scene and... When it seems to me that a movie is like just sketches put together and I don't care about the character and like any sort of journey the character's going on. Like I love Step Brothers because I immediately care <laughs> about the two brothers and how they're going to become adults, right? Because clearly together they're going to become adults because they're the best Step Brothers. And it doesn't make any sense why I would like that. Or even Talladega Nights, you're like, oh, I mean. It does, no, it makes sense. Because there just, is you a like P- it. And there's It's PG or it's G. Elf is like G, right? Mm-hmm. It's also like, yeah. I feel like you have to really like Christmas or at least enjoy Christmas. You're not into Christmas movies. You're not a Christmas movie, Christmas music person. That's not who you are. Um, It doesn't mean you don't like Will Ferrell. You just don't like the goofy. And I I get that because if Elf was Elf, but take out the whole Christmas of it all, I wouldn't like it. But because it is Christmassy and I'm just like, it makes me, you know what I mean? And then when I think to myself, Tim Burton might have directed this. And then I think of Beetlejuice. Right, so I think Elf, this movie Beetlejuice, start make the triangle, and you're like, well, Beetlejuice, because I'm immediately invested in the absurdity of these characters, right? And see, I don't like Beetlejuice; it's too creepy. I never liked it. The absurdity of the world, the absurdity of the afterlife, the absurdity—the whole thing that they just immediately create. Yeah. You know, like they're possessing characters. The chair comes alive around Winona Ryder and everything. Whereas, like Edward Scissorhands, right? Yeah. I'm just out. I love Edward Scissorhands. Right? I'm like, I don't understand anything. Why does he have, like, I doesn't, and it immediately takes how me out. How are married? But that's the funny part of all this, right? I mean, how are we is a good question. That's the funny part <laughs> of all this, though, is that all these different things together, you look and go, well, this movie's a classic. That movie's an even bigger classic. Oh, you might like this one. You might not like that one. And they're all, you know, so this movie is a cult classic uh, for those that do like it. I, again, couldn't get into the world. Is it? I think it is, yeah. Is it real? 
I think so. I don't want to shit on things, man, but this was like... I guess it is, yeah. The first thing I said is a cult film on IMDb. I... I I really struggled with this. I really struggled. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, again, to, to, to me, I remembered as a kid the phrase, you know, uh, the pipes are clean. Like, I remember that. And I think I remember that because from something else, they also make fun of it maybe too. I don't know. But I remember him doing that after he uh, got got laid. So, oh, which I felt was so gross. Yes, but it was just, the, but that's the... But, it was so gross. But this person never knew what to say to anyone ever because they had no common sense in the first place. So that made it funnier. And also when he became immediately it. cooler. What? I think you called it though. He's. It's really hard to be invested in this character. That's the thing. He's a shitty rich kid. And mm-hmm. then he's just socially awkward and dumb. So like, it's not like he's socially awkward and you feel bad for him because he's like a little puppy dog. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh man, this poor guy. It's not like he's dumb, but he has a great heart because he's a spoiled rich kid. And he's not a spoiled rich kid who really is intelligent and charming. He just doesn't fucking have any of it. Exactly. No offense, Chris Elliott. No, Chris, no I offense, love Chris Elliott. Nathaniel I actually, Mayweather. I actually find him really funny. No, and I again, do too. I do too. I, I feel like there's a different movie where the world is more interactive with him and it's just better banter maybe or just better scenes. And I just... And I might have that movie for you if it was made now. Okay. So I put some thought into, but you, you continue. A spoiler. A spoiler. We, we have a new segment that we're going to add tack on to the end that we're going to try to do with these movies. And I think we picked, uh, I think we picked opposite ones here. Which will be good, but it's called uh, Who Says No? And so basically what that segment will be when we're done with these two movies is we will discuss uh, remaking it now and and what things we would change. And you guys tell us which one of the people that we've thrown out there would would say no. So as far as how this aged. Okay. I think... I mean, clearly there's no cell phones. There's none of that. I mean, the idea of this guy getting on this ship would never fucking happen. In I can't tell age. you for real when this actually happened because there was parts of me that thought that this movie happened in like the 1960s. And then there's a fucking microwave on the ship. So then I'm like, I don't. So to me, yeah. it aged perfectly in a sense that like, <laughs> if you liked it, then you would like it now because there's nothing about it that's like lost in translation yeah, somewhere I, I, it's just is what it is i don't know what it time is this movie just happened. lost in translation i am yeah. I, I, um, I didn't pick up any like actual cringeworthy stuff but i was i had the inability to really pay attention so jen wasn't paying attention to the entire time that they did meet the love interest who was the girl that is somehow swimming all the way around the world without ever getting on any sort of boat or anything oh yeah doesn't she also have like a like a journal of her travels on her somehow? Yes. Again. Now <laughs> okay. you're starting to come I, I'm kind of... But yeah. they were all, like... <laughs> they were all, like, objectifying her and That's saying true. terrible, filthy things to her. And she was a virgin, so she was going to sleep with him, but then she wanted to. So it was... it there, there was some cringe stuff there, but again, I don't know... Right. If it's cringe because it's the 90s or if it's cringe because it's 1962. Like, regardless, no, those people said that. Right. Okay, but if it's the 60s, is it cringe? But I also feel like... I don't even like, know when this movie takes place. But I feel like the reason that didn't... Because I did see that part. I think the reason it didn't register to me as cringe... And this happens a lot where I know a lot of people, especially younger people, like Gen Z type people, would be offended by certain things. That I'm like, no, no, no. Because they're making... 
to me, and I'm not, listen, be offended by what you want to be offended by. I ain't telling you what to be offended by. But I feel like they're making fun of the sailors, right? So that is really a remark on how objectifying and misogynist and shitty the sailors are, right? Like, I think you're supposed to be in on that and be like, look at these assholes, right? Rather than it be like the 90s, like Porky's type, like staring at the naked, you know what I mean? Yes, but also like, you know, to use like a wrestling analogy, it's just cheap heat. Like, here's the girl that comes on, and of course the guys are going to oogle her, which then makes maybe him not oogling her better. Right, right. Or oh, I'm worse, not saying it's not still, cheap heat. Oh, I'm it's, just... Yeah, no, no. But also, I don't see any problem with it, because again, it's of its time. It's not something that you're like... That would happen at that time, if you're talking about that movie at that time. How do you... I also think that because of my disdain for this movie, I really don't have a problem with anything, because I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah, if I, I have any say in it. What would you... Do Do we do ratings? We can. Sh- should we? What, what do we rate things out of? We will do... We will rate them on a scale of 1... To 94? To 10. Okay. No half points, though. 1 Ooh. to 10, no half points. So you gotta give a full score. Okay. So I... Having said that, I, as a person... Um, would I'm gonna re I'm gonna come back to this if this is on a thing I don't have to pay for again and watch again I'm gonna give it one more shot to sit there. It is in like my list of things that I want to do. Like, not on a vacation because that's the wrong thing to say. But if I know that like I have some time to just do nothing and be like, oh, you know, maybe I would give that another shot. Now it's very low on the list. Okay. Because I'm not gonna pay for it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we but did it's have something to. I would do. We paid harder in money. Three three ninety nine, right? So I mean, I would plus tax. I'm sure it was like four twenty seven. So what would you give this movie? We we've explained it as best we could. At, at, at the end, he does decide that the life at sea is the place that he needs to be, and he wants to go back with all of the uh, terrible, the captain and the first mate and all the other people he worked with to go fishing for unknown amounts of time to fish in what appeared to, could only be described as terrible working conditions. Jan, what would you give this movie? So one thing you need to know about me is I don't really like to give very low scores, right? And I very rarely give 10s. This is the very first score we're giving of the year and potentially we've ever given. So you kind of want to, you know, if you're going to set the bar. Okay. One point for the sex octopus because I am amused by that whole situation in The Giant. Okay. And one point because Brian Doyle Murray's in it and his voice is just Jelly of the Month Club. Like I can't, like I do, he makes, (laughs) he does make me laugh. Okay. I'm going to give this movie a solid six okay and the reason i'm gonna give it a six is <laughs> i was gonna give it a three and i'm like mm, you're right this is the first one i don't want to rate it too high there's i have a, there's a very specific reason why i give it a six david letterman scene is great <laughs> david letterman scene is great the idea of the sex octopus is hysterical to me, like the idea of the sex octopus oh, it's hysterical. so that's it's... point two right they're like oh of okay. course there'd be a blue sex octopus the scene that you had walked out of the room on, like the giant talking to the sex octopus about no, I saw his scene. day, but like, I saw but that you weren't scene. like, I was like dialed into like that, that moment. And I was like, Oh my God. Cause it's so, it's just <laughs> so mundane, but it's like, it's a fucking sex octopus. And this guy is like such a giant that I'm like, is he really that much bigger than there? Because they didn't do anything to make him seem bigger except just use like a camera trick. So I just think it's funny how they did it. Cause it was just so absurdly silly. And for a giant, 
he just doesn't look like a giant. So, it, like, he doesn't, like, he wouldn't, when I think of a giant, he's not, like, no, he the, doesn't the stereotypical look like guy Andre the Giant. Yeah. He looks like you took a normal person and made him the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> right. yeah. Like, it's fucking yes. silly. It's so silly. The man shark. Because they're all okay, like, I'm gonna, no, okay, a man I'll do shark. this. I will give it a three. I will be okay. generous because. Okay. Her, the, her having a journal that she has with her. Oh. I didn't think that was funny city. until I right now. I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny when I said it. I'm like, okay, and, that's pretty and funny. And finally, the last point is the rules of her swimming around the world. She's swimming around the world and she could literally never stop. And it's just totally fine. Right? Like, here's this <laughs> character that they find in the middle. Like, she's going goes, I just, my, I lost my streak because I've stepped on any sort of, like, land. And I'm like, yo, I know for a fact that when people try those things, there is someone near them and they usually do go onto that boat, right? They're just not out alone. No, you'd like, be so, sunburned. So you're, you're, imagine how pruney you would you'd get. You'd be dead very quickly. It's so When absurd. do you have time to write in this journal? That is waterproof. This waterproof journal. <laughs> so hence, like, because it's so dumb. Uh, I'm looking at another movie I'm thinking of completely different genre like orgasmo like when we rewatch that movie whenever we get to like that again so dumb like that's gonna get so many points for being so fucking are we gonna dumb. watch it on the vcr yes we are awesome. so that's a final score of six for me and you're gonna lock in a three i'm gonna lock in a three yeah because it's not like you, you again similar to like how i feel with elf it's not that i can't sit and watch the movie from start to finish but like nothing about it hooks me so if there's scenes that i like i would i would dip in Right, I'm just not hooked into the movie. Not that Elf isn't a good movie. Like I recognize its replayability and how wonderful it is for Christmas. Let's talk about intersection, Jen. Let's do it, please. Because we're at an intersection here. Yeah, the intersection between Cabin Boy and um, Richard Gere. So between uh, Chris Elliott and Richard Gere. Richard Gere. He's America's white-haired gentleman. Gearing up for intersection. Gray, gray-haired gentleman. Gentleman. Yeah, I'm like he has enough white hair. Gray. That's gray. Was gray. gray. He plays an architect who is at an existential life crisis because his wife, played by Sharon Stone, he's grown, I guess, bored of his life. I guess there's supposed to be like a midlife crisis-y type thing because he's such a creative mind and everything else is just so boring for him to make so much fucking money. He's got a ludicrous amount of money. It's just ludicrous. How how do you really feel? Ah, well, okay. Then he hooks up with a, uh, I believe she writes for, let's say, like a very liberal local newspaper. We're guessing in Washington somewhere, like Seattle or something, like a city in Washington. Like she writes for like a liberal newspaper. It feels like Washington, right? Yeah. Well, that that was kind of like the vibe that I got. Because then, like you said, you can go to one of these, like, islands, and then, you know, because the movie takes place in the, the intersection spoilers on an island. But, uh, he's trying to figure out, should he stay with his wife, or should he leave with his mistress until he's at a fateful intersection? Yeah, that's, uh, pretty accurate. I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the movie at the very end of the movie. Pat, you're not spoiling a movie from 1994, it's the whole point of this podcast. Well, in case people okay. heard my riveting uh, statements about it. Mm-hmm. The end of the movie, the movie ends with him having written a letter in a timeline I cannot f- actually tell you. Because I really don't know. Because I, I feel like I have no idea when this all takes place. Now, I know he had just written a letter at some point in time that he was going to mail 
snail mail to, I believe her name is Olivia, his mistress, about how he was going to go back to his wife. Olivia is his mistress. Because he was on the island that his wife's family owns a property. And so he stopped at the diner, called, uh, stopped at the diner, then met a grandfather with a red-haired uh, granddaughter. Then in, the granddaughter made him think of the mistress, who also has red hair. And he mm-hmm. goes, nope. Called her and immediately proposed to her on the payphone. And got in the car to go pick her up at a ferry. He doesn't know if she's going to be there or not. Because, again, he left a message and said, get on the ferry. So he's speeding to a location that someone might not be. Like, she had like two hours to get there or some shit again. No, he said, meet me at the hotel because he was going to meet her at a hotel. So she took a ferry or however she got there, she was meeting him at a hotel. And that's actually important. Right. She was, no, wherever it was, she had to take a ferry to the island he was on. So he had right, a, he had a right. significant head start. He didn't need to speed was my point. Right. So he's speeding on the road. There's a VW bus that stalls out at the intersection, and then a large log truck. So again, what this fucking island is, who knows? Because the That's topography... probably a Pacific Northwest little island. Okay. We got logging, we got a whole logging operation going on. We have multiple Maybe it's Maine, huh? Maybe it's Maine. Could be Maine. We're gonna find out. But he uh, goes to break when he's veering into the logging truck, and that's... Q, that's the end of the movie, but Q, that's also how the movie begins, because he's driving and sees his whole life flash before him and his decisions all within a split second. So that's kind of like the twist. This is all happening, like, as this moment is happening. He careens off the road after striking both vehicles and getting his car struck, like, slips into a coma, dies when they get to the hospital. Now, that letter, found by our lady, Sharon Stone, when it was given to her. Sally. Sally. She reads the letter. Realizes, oh, he's going to break up with Olivia. Even though he really wasn't going to break Olivia up with Olivia. Olivia drives by the car crash, realizes that the man, because she saw the Mercedes, because only one person has a very, very expensive Mercedes like that in it's all true. of the area. It's true. And uh, realizes he's at the hospital, goes to the hospital, meets Sally there, and Sally's just like, and she just says, oh, what did she say? How did she say it? Like, she heard from the whole... She, she didn't tell her she was going to meet him, but that she heard from somewhere or she was on the island. She said she was driving by and saw his car. Driving by and saw she, his car, she, right. she, she told the truth. I saw the car wreck and right. I saw and his car and they told there. me he was here. And Sharon Stone, of course, doesn't tell her about that. So, letter. yeah, so they don't tell each other. She doesn't tell Sharon Stone, oh, I was going to meet him because he told me he was going to marry me and spend his life with me now. Right. And Sally doesn't tell Olivia, I have this letter that he's breaking up with you to be with me and our family and our daughter, so... This movie, <clears throat> I hated this movie. Really? Yeah. I thought this movie was terrible. And I thought it was terrible because I could care less about poor, um, emotionally stunted and upset, but super nice guy, Richard Gere, right? It's just like, come on, man. Come on. I don't know, man. His wife is... uh, I mean, I get that Sharon Stone is beautiful and she's gorgeous in this movie. But she's... Has the the warmth of, you know, an iceberg. Like, she's completely closed off to him. So, I mean, I can see how that would make a person unhappy. Because I think the idea is 
all the all the money in the world can't make you happy. You know, you could have the most beautiful wife, but if she's not fun to be around, like what is the point? You're not going to be happy. Just but, looking at a beautiful person that literally offers nothing else besides money, like right, but like but the way okay. So I did like this movie. Okay, but hold on, but I was going to be like the the way, you know, you're kind of portrait it's like I just felt like it just gave him too much, like, like grace, I guess, where it's just kind of, because it's just kind of like, he's very, like, graceful in all these scenes, and you really, really feel bad for him in each one of these scenes, but I'm like, why do I care about your midlife crisis? And I don't understand what you're saying, where you're like, oh, because Sharon's, it's like, no, man, like... You're living this life. If you don't want to live this life, like then just leave your wife, like and just just be done with it. But it's like, nah, I can't t- cut ties. Well, because she's my business manager. No. It's like, come on, man. It's all tropes. Yeah, it's all mad but it's, it, it's also his daughter, right? He doesn't want it. All I mean, it makes sense, and it's funny too because he, you know, has the affair first. He is in love with another woman. He's like with this other woman. But then when Sally has, like, a boyfriend and he finds out this man is coming over and making his daughter pancakes, he gets really pissed. He's, like, really upset. And it, But it's just, it really is, I know it's a trope, but it's pretty accurate, right? To, like, how men act sometimes and the male ego and, like, oh, wait, but you're not supposed to do this. You're, you're mom. Like, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything about, like, all men. But I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good character study and a really good study about like marriage and wealth and, um, you know, 90s tropes. Okay. We don't even, we don't even discuss the fact that the, the, that the daughter is, is anorexic. The daughter is we, clearly anorexic. We make anorexic. jokes about it. It's she's, not like, she's a ballerina, and she's, she's clearly anorexic, and the dad's like, yo, you need to eat some food, and blah, 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 and does the whole thing. And she's like, I'm a dancer. I gotta be skinny. And it's like, oh my god, it's, the it's thing, 1994. The thing I hate about this movie, and I'm gonna tell you, it's like, I thought that there was a good movie in here, but it feels like, it's almost like they were like, okay, well, we know the, the trick, the twist we're gonna do at the end, right? So we're gonna do all this stuff. Right? Because if you think about it, it's all through his last month. Like, his, like Yeah, like as he's getting into this car accident, into this car accident he just right? thinks back. So this movie you. is told through his entire lens and his entire eyes. So you're seeing all of these moments where he's the perfect person in all, and the sympathetic person in the entire thing. But So it's just like a weird character study of being like, this guy like made these choices to like hit on this girl and be with this girl because he was unhappy and then he's upset about his choices and it's just kind of like okay but then at the end he's not he decides to lean into his choices because ultimately i don't think him and sally are good together right sally found someone else who seems more like her like a little more uptight like they seem happy and i think the movie does a good job of actually making everybody sympathetic like I felt really bad for Sally right I felt bad when when he told her he was having an affair and she broke the mirror in the bathroom like I was like oh man like that sucks I felt bad for Olivia I felt annoyed by Olivia I had a lot of different I also felt annoyed by I felt all these different feel like all these people were sympathetic people but they all were really flawed and I think that was what made the movie interesting is it the best movie ever no but I actually was really 
I mean, yeah, it's over dramatic. It's ridiculous. But like it actually, I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting story and I thought the acting was like, but the, at least by the two women, right, was really well done. And I just uh, felt myself anyway with the move, the story they were telling like the op- opulent wealth and just like he's an architect and he's the greatest architect and he's going to build a house for him and his mistress. It's just like, okay. And then she's with him <laughs> because he's an architect. So she's got to be the project manager and all the stuff in their team. And it's like, so obviously they're still going to be icy with each other at work. And it's just like, man. Well, yeah, but that's important because the only reason he's a successful architect is because she pulled strings and... I mean, not that he's not talented, because he clearly is. No, but she opened the door for but him and got him But he married a, a rich woman with a very well-connected family that helped him be extremely successful. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense. And they, I think that they, in that sense, kind of need each other. Like, I guess she doesn't really need him. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, they kind of... But, but... I think it was... I, not, not to cut you off, but like to me, it just takes me out with just that opulent, like the opulent wealth and the opulent job. And it's just such a job that nobody really knows like what the person does or doesn't really do. You're like, oh, I just thought you were working late doing this. It's like, he's like, you're a mad scientist. You know, he's not a, a home builder. He's like an architect designing the most beautiful sky. He's like the most successful person. We drives the most fancy cars. Right, well, those people have all of the stories money. too, Pat. It's not all about the everyday man. It's not all about... I mean, you liked Cabin Boy, and that was about a rich boy on a stupid pirate ship. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I just kind of felt this was just so... Uh, it was Richard Gere. I, I thought there was going to be a little more thriller involved. <laughs> it was Richard Gere. No, I just... I thought that there was maybe, like, some sort of, like, thriller aspect to Maybe all that's why I liked it. It didn't have any bullshit no. chase scene was, or anything. Yes, was, I, I liked... Uh, it's more realistic this way. I mean, sure, the end, of course, is whatever, but... How'd you feel about the end? That he died. Oh, I didn't really love that. I mean, I feel like the end was, um, I see what they were trying to do. It's clever. It was clever that he died and each, and it's nice to see that each of the women kind of did the more grown up thing to not tell the other one that he was choosing her. It was, that was nice to see. Um, but like, I feel like it was kind of also the easy way out. A hundred percent. You know? A hundred percent. Like, it's kind of what was expected. Like, I, you know. I feel like you started at the top and you're like, all right, let's build. But it was clever. Let's build a movie character with this ending, right? And so you just give them all the things and then you did the perfect ending where, like, she, you know, not perfect in a sense, like, he dies, right? But both of them get to live their lives knowing that he loved them. You know, and it's just like, all right. That's the part that annoyed me. It fucking it's like, annoyed the shit out of me. I was like, okay, so now he's the fucking... He's the hero He's, he's the hero somehow in death, right? Because yeah, exactly. he never had to choose uh, and give them either one a bad life. Like, they'll he's so... Like, they have to live yes. their lives around this wonderful man. Yes, like that, I, that made me feel yeah. like... Okay, like, stop. That's that, what I'm saying. That did piss me it off. It pissed me like, off. And then you these, just Neither one of these women need him. They're both strong... 100%. Like, fucking super successful. That part annoyed me. They were super... They were successful in both yeah. their lines of work. She didn't need him to, you know, no. be the architect to design all the things. She could continue the firm doing something else. And she already had another guy. You know, like, she already had that another guy man. looked like he had money. I mean, yeah, he looked a little fine. boring. But he did make animal-shaped pancakes. But she seemed very boring. And I think that was the whole point. Yes, is that she was she very did. boring. And they really... they He really... 
again because I, I feel like it's all part of you like know that, when it happens. That in the awkward guy's sex life, scene. The awkward sex scene. When like and that's when they're just first together. Mm-hmm. It's not getting any better than that. It's just know. like he really went out of his way to make her seem stiff and wooden, and but also like lovable in her own but way. But I think she did a great job. I would, and and I mean, like you know like she's kind of a stick person. Oh, Sharon's done an awesome job as the character she's portraying because mm-hmm. she's kind of like a you know just. Very uptight, but that's the whole point. But she, but but it also showed her side that she wasn't like a bad person. Being uptight doesn't make you a bad person. She no. didn't do anything wrong. But that's what I liked about this movie yeah. is that this is about three not bad people that all need to take responsibility for their choices, right? Because Sharon Stone chose to never try to grow emotionally or be more open. Richard Gere's character chose everything. He chose <laughs> violence. <laughs> To drive 80 miles an hour on a backcountry road. Which is, why, which is why I said this is a story about a man. Like, that's what a fucking... That, that is... That's what a man... Oh, oh yay! I, I made my decision. She's gonna be with me. I'm gonna act like an asshole and drive 80... 100 miles an hour down this little... Like, that is just... And that's how A woman would not do that the shit. The two of them should have looked at each other and that's exactly what they should have said. Been like, man, he was such an idiot. Why yeah. would he do that? Yeah. They both should have said that. But it was. It was just, I mean... Olivia d- made the choice. To have an affair. She knew he was a married man, you know, and she was very much about being an independent, um, successful woman and still made the choice to sleep with a married man and pursue a relationship. So, I mean, everybody made their choice in this. None of the choices were great. I'd say Sharon Stone's was probably the least harmful, but ultimately, like, probably the most harmful to her relationship, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway. um, What are you going to write this? I'm gonna, Unless you got anything else. I'm going to give wanna... it a seven. Okay. I really did enjoy it. I'm going to give this a four. Jesus. How could you rate this lower than cat? I want to like jump out the window right now. Like, I don't even understand. Okay. I'm going to give this a four. All right. Well, I'm giving it a seven. I could rate it below Cabin Boy because this is my scale. And also, <laughs> That's true. also basically anything from anything from in my scale, what it'll probably end up being is anything from like a three to a seven. It's just it just depends on how much I liked it, and I didn't think it was like the worst thing ever. You know, ones and twos would be terrible, really bad movies. I'm like, was Cabin Boy? Ba-? It's not my it cup was, of tea. I mean, I really like my heart gave it a two. I, I went up to three just because he did remind me that the sex octopus really was very funny. Yeah, th- those scenes were funny. But, but was it? I don't know. But then I take something like Intersection, and I'm like, I just like if if they gave his character, I felt if they made him a little bit rougher. But again, because he's going through the last moments of his life, he's a fucking saint, right? And that's why I kind of... Well, that brings us to our game. So we're going to add one more little segment here on the end of these movie clips. Very quick. Segment is called, Who Says No? So I'm going to pitch you, or we can pitch, one of these movies as either another movie, you know, updated now for the 2000s, or um, as like a TV series. Or just leave them because they were perfect. I thought Cabin Boy, perfect. Intersection, which I'm going to bring into the 90s. You thought Cabin Boy was perfect. Yeah, in terms of like, I wouldn't change it. I don't know, I don't know how to change that movie. Okay. But I know how to change Intersection. Would you like me to go first or would you like to go first? I'm going to tell like, you how I'm going to change Because you're a lot more prepared than I am. I'm going to tell you about Intersection. You have a whole notebook here. That's perfect because Cabin Boy, really, you, should, you, you don't need to tell me much. Okay, that's true. All right. So, in the penultimate scene I mentioned... That he was going to send a letter via the mail, right? So he's going to mail a letter before getting to his very expensive Mercedes, right? And making a call on a uh, payphone, okay? So, my movie 
It's actually going to star a woman because it's going to be a real movie. Woman wouldn't do this shit. Okay. The lead <laughs> role, Rosamund Pike, right? So she's from Gone Girl. Okay? I know. I know who she is. I okay. know who she is. Rosamund Pike. Okay. Is married to Benedict Cumberbatch. She is an Instagram or TikTok influencer, and he is her manager because she doesn't want to deal with anything. All she wants to do is create content all day. When she's creating content, she ends up coming across Bradley Cooper, who's like an ESPN talking head type guy, and they're the ones that have the affair. So all these characters are way more nuanced, right? Okay, okay. Okay, like we're out here. We have like these these gentlemen to choose from. While she's driving on the road and she's talked to texting... Bradley Cooper, because she's going to call him to meet her. She, oh, no, no, yes. So, instead, first of all, instead of writing a letter, what she does is she writes a, a, a note app and then puts it in her outbox on her DMs to him and never sends it to him, right? So, it's just like a save thing. Okay. That's the note, okay? Yeah, I gotcha. And she's trying to um, call her, but the Tesla's in autopilot. Okay. She drops her lipstick and looks down. Tesla goes in autopilot. Tesla doesn't recognize the stalled out electric VW bus. Well, she should drop the, the phone if she's on the phone. That makes no, sense. No, she's talking to him as she's like looking to get the lipstick. Okay. And the car was in autopilot and she didn't grab it and turn it in time. Dies in her Tesla. Boom. What about the kid? I left the kid the exact same plot and exact same life. The kid was an afterthought. She was an anorexic ballerina. Literally an afterthought. I mean, I think that's still a problem. So That's my movie. Who says no? I mean, it sounds... It sounds interesting. I'm not going to lie. The Cumberbot? I mean, I don't know about that casting, but definitely but definitely the other two. Rosemary right? Pike and, and Bradley Cooper, yeah. Right. Who says no? Who says no? Don't give us a call. Don't. It's it's just, we, we've already made it in our mind. What did you think you could do, though? It's Cabin Boy. Okay. So we're just doing normal boarding school of rich kids without wearing parliament wigs, right? Okay. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Okay. And he somehow gets... He somehow goes on, like, more... We're not going to do a pirate ship. Again, I don't have it sussed out as well as you do. Okay. But, like, maybe, like, a houseboat. Okay. Right? With some real, like, stoner vibes. Captain. Um... Seth Rogen. Okay. Okay. You got Danny McBride's there. Okay. And then this can explain all the fucking insane scenes where things get weird because they're high as shit. Okay. There's all these weird trippy things. I mean, it's really not, a, it, you know, all the weird stuff we kind of accept or we can explain away because we're tripping balls here. Okay. Okay. I, I want to see your movie. I might want to see your movie more than I want to see my movie. I think my movie would be pretty good. I think it would be pretty good. And I think that's it. I, I think I would go see your movie over mine. I think you did better on that one. But I think my movie um, has a lot less of the original spirit okay. of Cabin Boy than your movie has the original spirit of Intersection. Oh, yeah, my movie. So I feel like yours is a little bit more, you know, linked to it. I would watch both movies. Okay, that's fair. Jen? Mm, yeah. Let's play some Jeremy Pursuit. Your turn. Okay. 
Brown. I got a Brown, which is viewing. What 1990 movie was a hit, even though a third of the lines were delivered in Sioux and subtitled? Dances with Wolves? Correct. Nice. It is a roll I want to roll again, yeah. One. Green or brown, Jen? We'll, we'll, we'll do or brown. Blue. blue or brown. Oh, is that blue? That's blue. Ha- well, we'll try blue. We're hanging. Hanging. Hobbies. What Cubs great was intentionally walked a record five times during a 1990 game? I said brown. You did not say brown. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. We will wait. I don't know. Andre Dawson. Okay, yeah. That's what I said. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. One, put me on an orange. Which one do you want? The Doesn't one? matter. Orange is trends. That's so hard to read in this closet because it's only lit by Christmas lights. Um, what cartoon based on a children's book series finds the title character hiding out in his friends with his friends Wilma, Woof, and Wizard Whitebread? Wizard Whitebeard. Say the topic. Okay, the topic is trends, and the question is, what cartoon based on a children's book series finds the title character hiding out with his friends Wilma, Woof, and Wizard Whitebeard? Paddington Bear. The answer is Woof, which I've never heard of. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm with that. And with that, we uh, we keep trying. Jen? Um, are we talking about the movies we're doing next month, or are we just... We are doing next month. We're not going to guess these. Okay. We're just going to talk about them. That's we, fine. We are doing Reality Bites. Okay. And? Well, you said you wanted to watch eight seconds, but I don't know. We could just cut this and, and make a, a choice. We're doing eight seconds. Okay, because Jen thinks Because Jen thinks it's about... What do you think it's about? I thought it was about, like, the Wild West. The Wild West. Yeah. Okay. We're doing eight seconds so that Jen... But isn't it, like, Cowboys? So that Jen can watch Luke Perry star in an autobiographical... Or, like, a biographical thing about rodeos. Because he's a rodeo. He rides bulls. Oh. Eight seconds is how long you're on a bull. Are they going to hurt any bulls? I don't believe so. He's a cowboy, Jen. That's it. That's what I got. <laughs> okay. We, there you have it. We'll be back next week to dive into Jen's favorite album of all time, maybe? Oh knows? I don't know about favorite, but definitely the album that... It was like a turning point in my life, you know? It, it, it veered me in a direction. And okay. I'm so excited. We're coming. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Oh, follow us. BLC Mixtapes on Instagram and 
what is it blc underscore pod on twitter x correct twex on the x on the x gonna give it to you if you'd like to send us an email have any suggestions any corrections if you want to be friends um you can reach us at becky left the chat at gmail.com if you could follow us subscribe rate recycle we'd really appreciate it um thanks for listening guys all right we'll see you on the next one bye bye